You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Well, hello there, Aston Villa fans, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast with an absolute breaking news piece where the Jan Bednarek has agreed to join Aston Villa on a one-year loan deal from Southampton. Looks like he's going to do his medical. He's chosen us over West Ham United, and uh, look at the big smile on his face there. He's delighted to be coming from all the way up from Southampton, all the way up to Birmingham to play the rest of the season with Aston Villa Football Club. Um, a player that has, has split opinions online. Uh, I think since we were very, very first linked to him, some Southampton fans have said that, look, he brings what he brings to the team at the minute. Um, but that they felt that he was maybe getting a bit stale and could move on, could, de- could do it maybe moving on to a, a new pastures new. Um, they've obviously brought in one or two uh, centre halves over the last year or so, and they're looking to freshen up the look at that, uh, that th- their centre back partnership. Um, for me, bringing in the centre half was an absolute must and was something that we absolutely just had to do. There was no, it was non-negotiable for me today. A centre half had come in. We've seen over the last few games whereby our centre half partnerships have been changed around. Mings is, it has been probably our only solid centre half this season since Diego Cardis has gone out. And look, I don't need to go over old road with regards to Ezri Kanza again. Um, I just think that he hasn't been the same player that he was at the start of last season, towards the end of the season before. And, um, you know, it's just been, it's, He's he's been somebody who's been caught out of position, and he's been somebody who was hesitant um, throughout. I suppose the last two, three, four games that he's played in for Aston Villa, um, specifically, even going back into preseason as well. So I think defensive reinforcements are very much, um, very much wanted, very much needed, and very much uh, appreciated. And to be honest with you, I don't think Jan Bednarak is as bad as people are saying online. 
Um, and we will take a look at some statistics as to why. So one or two things before we look at statistics, I always preface or I will be always prefacing these videos with, look, statistics are one thing and we always say that. But obviously, you know, watching players and this has been somebody that has been linked to us for over a week now. I think, is it over a week? I think it's nearly over a week now. Um, so I've watched a good bit on him. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's pretty, he's, he's a very athletic player. He likes to play. Yeah, it's an interesting one actually for me when I watch him. And if you look at any of his heat maps and you look at any of his average positioning and so on, and, and even if you watch him in games, now I went back, I watched a couple of games of his in 2019, or I watched clips of a couple of games of his, should I say, in 2019, when he had, uh, was it 2019? 2020 or 2020-21 season. I can't remember which one it was, but he had the young French fullback called Valerie or Varelli, or I can't, can't remember how you pronounce it. He was playing outside him, and he used to go pretty far forward like Matty Cash does at the moment. And Jan Bednarak was absolutely brilliant that season. He was really good. He was a tough, tough defender. Southampton started off like a train, and then it, it, it kind of all funneled back for them as the season went on. Um, while he's been playing at Southampton as well, then in the more recent matches I've watched him play, obviously, or the more recent clips I've watched him play, Kyle Walker-Peters has been one of their main outlets and uh, outlets playing wide. He's played both right back and left back, and when he plays right back, he goes very, very far forward. Um as well, you know, he's an attacking and uh, attacking threat. And uh, last season, he was he was up and down the field. And and uh, Jan Bednarak sometimes, I suppose, was was kind of I'm not going to say caught out of position, but he was able to deal with things. But uh, when Stuart Armstrong and the, and the likes were playing in front of Kyle Walker Peters, and 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 it was just a bit more difficult. There was a lot of space for him to cover there. So he has experience playing in a team whereby the fullbacks bomb forward. He's done it well in some seasons. Uh, more recently, he's been a small, a bit more static, and only in the last two games has he lost his position for Southampton. I would imagine that uh, that was a combination of them wanting to bring in maybe a different different type of centre half. And uh, but prior to that, he had played in uh, like he played in over thirty games every season. Um, that he had played for for Southampton every full season. He played for Southampton. So this is not like it's not like we're bringing in this awful player that a lot of people want us to believe or a lot of people want to talk about. He's got a player who's got his his frailties. He's a player who has his um who has his uh, idiosyncrasies. But you name me a centre half in the Premier League outside of. Well, you name me a centre half of the Premier League that doesn't have those idiosyncrasies. Probably Ruben Diaz is the only one. Um, and for somebody to come in like this, like like Ian Benarak, to be able to be able to come in and add to our four centre halves, he brings something a small bit different. He's not going to be the marmalade on everyone's toast, but uh, he is. Uh, he's a very very functional player, and I think for a one year loan deal, while Douglas Louise are sorry, while. Diego Carlos is on his way back from injury. I think this is a pretty shrewd signing for somebody with over, I think it's like 120 Premier League or 150 Premier League appearances under his belt. Um, I think it's a pretty shrewd signing. He's only 26 as well. Let's take a look at some of your comments first, though, before we get on to this. Um, so American Villain says, uh, the Donker and Bednarak give us the height and the presence we need. Exactly. We're lacking a bit of front-up ability, and these two guys are units, and they'll be able to do that, hopefully. Just require a winger and an eight to make me way too excited about Villa again. Yeah, and the day is young. The day is young. Uh, we've been linked with a couple of wingers. We've been linked with a couple of eights. We've been linked with a winger and an eight, I suppose, really, in Gerson from Marseille. Um, somebody who I have, um, somebody who's, who's an interesting uh, an, an interesting player, considering his time at, uh, at Roma, then playing with Flamengo and, and so on. And he's, uh, 
he's an interesting type of player and he's definitely a player who will progress the ball forward for sure and should anything come on that I actually have a piece ready to go on him should anything come of that um, I've had it, for, had it for maybe about a month and a half now um, but uh, he was never linked so it was part of my scouting series so I didn't bother uh, putting it up there but should anything come of that uh, we will be able to take a look at him as well Um. Also, there's another one here. David Style says, a rogue minimum to QPR, according to Greg Evans, the domino effect from the dead donker trans- transfer. Um, yes, I still think, like, if, let's just say, a rogue minimum goes out, Luis goes out, I still think that there must be in- incomings in, in the in the central midfield department. There just has to be, because we're skin on the ground as it is there. And if you remove two and you only replace one, and then we've got Sanson and, and Nakamba there, who he's been reluctant to use I, I i just i just see an equation there that doesn't doesn't quite equate so if somebody like tim does go out which would be a fantastic move for him lads let's not let's not uh let's not denigrate that it'd be a fantastic move but i think that there has to be more movement in the market than for for a number eight uh, somewhere along the line but that's not what this podcast is all about that's not what this podcast is all about um christopher gonzalez makes a great point about jan benrek he does play on the same side as matty cash for poland so there could be some sort of simpatico there and look partnerships and 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 relationships like that can help people gel into teams a small a bit quicker and probably clutching at straws with stuff like that but we can't have a center half come in and take six or seven games to get up to speed that's why signing an experienced center half from a premier league team that knows the right back he's going to be playing beside as well could be a shrewd bit of business specifically if it's only on um specific if it's only on um i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Loan. I completely forgot what the word was there for, for loan, so I do apologize. Um, I just had a little bit of a glitch there. Anyway. Let's take a little look at this. I don't have much time. I'm just once again on another break break from work here at the moment. So um, let's take a little look at these statistics. And you'd be surprised to know, statistically, he's arguably the best defender we have. Arguably. I'm going to say arguably. Callum Chambers' statistics here throw everything. They're the wild card with regards to the centre halves we have. And the simple fact for that is his sample set is so low. So things like his tackles are wildly out of whack considering his sample set with the other three centre halves that we have. And um, we have uh, Tyrone Mings uh, in there. He's going to be the the pinkish kind of colour. We have uh, Kanza, whitish colour. And we have Jan Benrak in the the yellow colour. Uh, we can see there. So Chambers kind of throwed out a small bit out of whack, but when we see um, Bednarak, he's a very much a kind of a go-get-ball guy. He's not going to go to ground that much. Um, he's got pretty decent aerial dual ability, same as, the same as Tyrone Mings, um, but much, much better than Ezri Kanza, and I think that's something the teams have picked on. Teams have just picked on Ezri Kanza the last couple of weeks, and, and we've seen it. We saw it last night. We saw it against Crystal Palace. They just drift out to that right side, specifically with the likes of Zaha and so on, and they just pick, 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 pick at pick holes at, at, at Ezra Kanza and I think that you know it's it's expedited our look for a centre half specifically a right sided centre half there as well and um, 
block like like he's very statistically he's very similar to uh to Tyro Mings, except uh his output is a small bit better. And we can see it there. Mings is the pinkish line. Um and then once again, as I say, I'd nearly if I had an opportunity to be able to turn off the layer there for Callum Chambers to show you what it is like without Callum Chambers and what it's like with Callum Chambers, just based on the fact that his sample set is so small for Aston Villa. Um but saying that as well, Chambers is like what Chambers is we can see there what Chambers has shown for Aston Villa is that He's uh, he gets about the field, doesn't he? You know, his pressure rate is high, his tackle rate is high, his pass attempts and so on. And I do know that he did play. I was at two games in in central midfield for Aston Villa last week last year, so that could affect it. But uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, as I say. Um, but looking at the statistics that Bednarak has, look, he's not going to be one of these silky smooth defenders. He's not going to be take it down and play play a pass 90 yards uh, up the field. Okay, that's that's not what he's going to be. We've Kamara in front of him for something like that. Yes, it would be lovely to have that complete centre half. But when you look at his uh, at his uh, heat map here, it just goes to show his heat map dictates or shows here what I mentioned previously. He's used to coming wide. He's used to looking after a big patch of grass. Uh, there uh, specifically when the right back goes forward, and you can see it. You can you can see that he's um the the his athleticism is one of his big strengths. Um, doesn't pass the ball well, but that's absolutely fine. Look, as long as he can get the ball, uh, get the ball to a player in the same shirt, and he stops people from playing, I'm okay with that. His aerial dual success is 64.1%, as we can see here, up around the same as Tyrone Mings, significantly better than both the Chambers, who is poor in the air based on his aerial success rate, once again with a small sample set, and also Ezri Kanza. So we do need to get better in the box, get better with balls into the box. We do need to get better with crosses, do need to get better with them. Um, from corner kicks and stuff like that, and Jan Bednarak is a block of a man. He should be able, should be able to help just based on his simply based on his height alone. He should be able to help with stuff like that. But look, it's a it's a loan signing. A lot of people were were going and saying about the fact that we might be spending fifteen million on somebody like Bednarak. Um, like that seems to be the going rate for any type of centre half, unless you're Willie Bolly at the moment. Uh, Willie Bolly. For whatever reason, was went for two million and refused to show up for Wolf, for Wolves game and has gone to gone to Forest. Uh, we'll see what happens with regards to that. But Jan Bednarak coming in for a year's loan, I think, is a pretty decent. Um, is a pretty. It's just it's it's shrewd enough, you know. Like, what are you going to do on deadline day? And then if you don't sign somebody, then fans are going to be up in up in arms as well. But getting somebody here that had thirty four starts, one sub appearance, and two hundred one career career uh, appearances uh, or, or over his career, um, and is still only twenty six years of age. Um, look, it it is what it, it it is what it is. He's not going to be Franco Baresi, but he's going to offer something that we don't have already. And 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 I must say, without being Two critical of players that we have, you know, I think Kanza needs a, needs a spell out of the team. And whether Benrak comes in directly or whether Chambers gets his chance and Benrak has to win his way forward, well, then that's fine. At least we've got a battle going on there. And um, and we've got some bit more height in the team. And as I say, that's something that we do need within the team uh, as well. Um, Where else are we? Uh, Pat Max asks, is this just a rumor then talks? This is confirmed and breaking that he will be signing on a one-year loan deal provided he passes medicals um, by David Ornstein. David Ornstein has, uh, was the man who broke this, David Ornstein of the Athletic fame. Um, so, yeah, that's what this is. This, uh, this isn't, it doesn't seem like it's a rumor. I don't know, is anything ever guaranteed? But he said that he will sign on a one-year deal. One-year deal for sure. Um. 
So Tess, uh, Aston Villa and Tottenham are in negotiations for Lucas Moore and Leon Bailey swap deal. Let's see what comes of that. Let's see what comes of that. It's the first I've seen of it there, Sky Sports Lyle. Sky Sports Lyle was the guy who linked us to Jerson as well. So um, uh, as I say, I, I I don't know how credible Lyle is. Uh, actually, I don't know. I don't even know what he looks like. He's one of the few people on Sky Sports that I don't know what they look like. Let me, uh, once again, great, great um, podcasting here for me. While I let you guys, uh, while I let you guys chew there, and I go in, and I Google images of what people look like. Oh yeah, that's him. Oh yeah, I do know him. I do know him. Um, I didn't know that was how he spelt his name. But yeah, look, let's see how that one pans out. Lucas Mora for Leon Bailey. Don't know how to feel about that yet. Uh, but let's see how it does. Uh, find um, play out. Um. Uh, AVFC agent Jared as well just on this uh, and I will be back later on for a transfer window shuts podcast uh, later on in the day probably 11 o'clock so if you guys are still up uh, I'd love if you could join me I just have lots on today and, and I won't actually be available until at least quarter to 11 or so so the, the AVFC agent Jared says the clamour for Luis is mental he's played over 100 games for us and never got out of second gear cruises through the majority of games and shows the odd bit of quality here and there I'm baffled I think I think I think more so the 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 clamor for it is the fact that we're letting him go without replacing him. I think if we were to get twenty twenty five million for somebody who's in the last year of their deal, and if they're if they're adamant that they want to sign a deal, I think that's good business, and I think that's something the club should do. But once again, it's always it's also going to be predicated on replacements, replacements, replacements. We shouldn't be in the situation where we're looking for replacements on transfer deadline day, five games into a win into a league season. But we are where we are, I think. And, and and there's a lot, actually, that I kind of agree with you here, Gerard. I think our midfield has gone so stale because we've had three or four players that have been rotating in and around there all the time. And I think that that staleness, it's hard to knock that off. And I think Luis may, Luis may go on to Arsenal and play brilliant. He may progress. He may play way better in that different system. And, and look, that happens sometimes. But I think an argument could be made that while Douglas Luis came on and played against West Ham and we've been looking for him to be in the team, that um, you know that maybe maybe move to a pasture new if he's not going to sign a new a new deal is is something that uh, probably is best for both parties I would say at this stage. Um, if that is the case, I I, I don't know, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I I think we can get with that. Um, where else are we? Um, Luke Harrison asked the Dunkers deal still on. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, it's more or less a done deal, just waiting on announcement as per Fabrizio Romano. And where else are we? Um uh, yeah, listen, guys, I, I, I think I gotta go back anyway as well. Um, I gotta go back, uh, go back to work. I do have a day job as well. I'm just on a break here, and as I saw this, I said I would come on. Thanks so much, everybody, for for popping on. Been over 100 of you guys there. I really appreciate it. We'll be back later on with any other news, um, should I say, at 11 o'clock. And we will, if anything breaks between now and then, maybe I might have some time to pop on. But uh, as I say, I really appreciate you all jumping on. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Talk to you later. Jan Begnarek going to be a villain, along with Leander Den- Leander Dendonker, is what it seems like. That's what all the reporting is. And uh, hopefully a few more coming through the door because, boy, God, do we need reinforcements in midfield. So thanks very much, guys. See you later. And all that's left to say, is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.